Welcome to My Property World, a light and informative look at all things property. We have designed this series for people involved in property and property finance in the UK market. However, we do take examples from all around the property world. Our aim is for us to make money from property together. Whether that be buying, selling, financing, trading or getting involved in a deal in another way. We do this by informing, entertaining and enjoying ourselves talking property, which gives you a chance to get to know us, what we're up to and to check us out until you're ready to make money together. In the meantime, My Property World is free and fun, so plug in your headphones and enjoy. We would love for you to like, share and comment, so please do on social media. And if you have questions, ideas for topics or deals you would like to explore, we're always looking for guests, so get in touch via the My Property World profile. Hello and welcome to My Property World. I'm Will Mallard and today I'm delighted to be joined by Ben Nichols. Ben, you're very welcome. Thank you very much for having me, Will. I'm uh, looking forward to getting into a good discussion today. Right. Now, now Ben is um, a, a remarkably uh, broad property expert. Um, he, he centred in the west of England. Um, and he works in agency. Uh, he's an investor himself. Uh, he's involved in a, uh, a software solution for property. Uh, he also hosts uh, two quite well-respected local uh, and one national uh, property networking uh, operation, uh, which we, we can get some details on as we go further on. Now, now, Ben, before we go too much further, I'm just going to get you to um, let the listeners know what, what's the, um, the, the property management website? What's the quickest way if someone wants to look you up and get hold of you following on from this? So our website is nice and simple. It's www.kpa.co.uk. That's our brand is KPA. Okay, that, now that's fantastic. Now, uh, Ben... What got you into property in the first place? Wow, fantastic question. Cast your mind back. So uh, I guess our property kind of started really with my experience at university. So I was a student in Bristol and like many students in Bristol, fell in love with the city. It's a fantastic place to live, but it's also a fantastic place to invest. And after having stayed in and seen some pretty subpar, it's probably the polite way of putting it, student accommodation, realized that there was capacity to do better, to disrupt that space and to want to improve it. So I did a maths degree at Bristol and the careers advisors were constantly trying to push you into the city, go do finance, go be an investment banker, heaven forbid, be an actuary. I'm sorry for any actuaries listening, but for me, that's just wasn't my cup of tea. I did some work experience, didn't really love it. And I wanted to do something slightly different. So KPA is our, our brand, like I said a moment ago, it was actually founded by my grandma back in 1948. So it's been running a very long time. And my parents have been running um, businesses themselves. So family businesses for many, many years, invested in buy to lets, they kind of took the approach that many others did when they made profit within the business, then put that into a different asset class in property. And after seeing the shared house space in Bristol, we realized that, like I said, it could be disrupted. There was scoped for so much better to be done within that space. So that's kind of what got us started, really, looking at shared houses across the city, wanting to provide a quality product, 
but also a service. It's far too often that tenants get left out in the cold. So as well as investing in HMOs, we also took the very conscious decision to self-manage. Okay, and within that, that self-management, uh, you, you've, you've branched off in a direction which uh, I, I think is fascinating, where you've started to outsource, and not only outsource, you've built a software system uh, that, that, that works with that outsourcing. So t t tell us, uh, what, what's the you know, two or three minute version about that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, to try and condense two years worth of work into two, three minutes, I'll, I'll do my best. But the self-management really, like I said, was a very conscious decision because we wanted to provide a, a particular level of service. And we also wanted to bring property management kicking and screaming into the 21st century and use tech in order to do so. So we had a very clear vision of what we wanted from the service package we were offering, but also where we were going as a business. So we looked at a few on-the-shelf products and um, just wasn't impressed with what we saw. There was always a compromise somewhere. It didn't allow us to do what we wanted to do with our property management in tech form. So it meant that everything was either a compromise or would have to be a dual system using an off-the-shelf product and then something else in the interim. So we decided to build our own. It was actually uh, an unfortunate sports injury. I ruptured two ligaments in my knee and was on my back for well, quite a while actually. And it was, if we're going to streamline, systemize and automate this, it's going to be now because I'm locked in front of a computer, not able to go anywhere. So it was a very long process. We kind of mapped out the entire business end to end with flow charts and looked at how we could streamline and systemize things, looked at the tasks that we wanted to keep hold of because they were very high level. We looked at the tasks that were repeatable and could be done again and again and again. And that's ones that we looked to automate. We looked at tasks that could be done from any computer anywhere, and that's where we worked with a phenomenal team of VAs. And then we looked at the tasks that were boots on the ground in Bristol, and that either needs to be our tenant manager or one of us. So it was about crafting exactly what we wanted from a system and from a piece of software and bringing all of that together. And uh, as a uh, relatively new um, so it's not like you'd been working in technology for, uh, for 20 years prior to, to coming up with this. Um, well done. I, I think it's a fantastic, um, but both vision, but the fact that you got it implemented uh, and you're, you're talking about two years work, that, that, that sounds like a, a blink of the eye, really. Um, well, I mean, for us, it's created the operational foundations to springboard on to what we want to do in future. You know, we know that there is more we can do within the shared house space. We mm -hmm. also, in terms of investing ourselves, but working with other landlords and other investors who want to do what we're doing, really. Mm -hmm. So it's built that operational foundation for us to go out there and springboard further. It was always, again, a very conscious effort to create that management platform that we could work with um, for ourselves. And actually, then when the portfolio got to the point where it was a little bit unwieldy and we'd inadvertently created a job for ourselves, which a lot of property investors find themselves in that position without meaning to, and normally not why they started in property investment, that we then started looking outwards and saying, actually, can we outsource this in its entirety? And then we kind of sat down as a group and said, well, we can't find who we're looking for. You know, compliance is key, especially when it comes to shared houses. It's arguably one of the most regulated parts of the industry. And we weren't happy that with our name over the door, that anyone we would outsource to would be keeping us out of a court of law without kind of 
going too far down that road. There is a lot of fines being dealt out by the councils, especially within Bristol. They're on a warpath to try and get landlords. So you need to make sure that you're whiter than white and doing everything properly. So that's when we decided to bring... And you, you, you mentioned we. You, you mentioned we, Ben. Uh, I do. What's it like working with your mum? <laughs> we get on like a house on fire. You know, you've met her, so you know how fortunate I am to be working with her. She's absolutely awesome. I, I love working as part of a family business. I'll be completely honest with you, Will. It's a very divisive concept. For some people, they hear that you're a family business and they think, blimey, I wouldn't last 30 seconds working in a, a business <laughs> with my family. I can see you smiling there. So maybe that's the camp that you fall into. Um, but no, it, it's fantastic. We complement each other's skills extremely well. We come at things from very different perspectives. And I've been able to work with their business experience and they've been able to work with fresh and new ideas that I've brought to the table. Um, and it's a, yeah, it's a, a very fruitful match. Right, right. And, and um, how, how is uh, your own portfolio going? Um, so you, you, you've, yeah, uh, you, you took a step back and, and uh, looked to consolidate the operations, the systems, technology, outsource it, and um, you've got uh, an ability to allocate tasks out. Um, has that freed up the, a little bit of headspace um, to, to understand your, your own, uh, I suppose, portfolio strategy and, and uh, how is that going? It has definitely freed up some headspace. It, it's, been, it's been really, really helpful to be able to, as the adage goes, work on the business, not necessarily in it. And there are still parts that we keep hold of because when things get elevated, they need that decision maker to step in. But from a portfolio perspective, it's allowed us to look at different options and different avenues. The HMO space in Bristol has changed immensely since when we first started investing there. And there's been a lot of people that have stepped in and very positively disrupted the spaces. I like to think we've played our small part in that too. But what it's also meant is that there are a lot of how-to videos out there, a lot of property mm -hmm. uh, self-called gurus, I think I'll call them, mm -hmm. um, who espouse HMO as a high cash flow model, which it is, but it's also very difficult. Mm -hmm. But the challenge there is that there's a lot of people that want to take a kind of standard property and convert it into a shared house and think that it's super, super easy and you can just turn over lots and lots of cash flow from doing so, meaning that that market's become saturated. At the same time, Bristol Council have brought in an Article 4 directive in our area, so Bristol's actually split into two council areas, but the majority of the city is Bristol Council, which is now Article 4, meaning that it's difficult to convert new HMOs in that space. So what was a big city became a smaller city, and that smaller city became even more saturated. So we've actually kind of taken a step back from that, as you alluded to, and said, well, while the market's crazy, which it has been for, you know, you know, since COVID struck, really, that we will focus on the operational businesses, we will systemize everything to that nth degree like we have done, um, and then we will kind of you know, start to enter that space again when it relaxes. And we've started to look in different directions and look at things that other people may not be able to access. For example, multi-unit blocks. I know that you invest in multi-unit blocks. I'm very interested to see and watch and learn from you and how you do that. But it's something that we've been looking at too, as well as portfolios. And we just partnered up with a new business partner who's got some access to incredible finance, which makes the opportunities really, really exciting. Mm. Yeah, it's a um, it's an interesting uh, concept because essentially um, one of our our main categories that we uh, obtain opportunities are buying from uh, I suppose previous landlords where uh, they haven't ma managed the complexity particularly well, 
um, or they've lost the enthusiasm uh, or the will to live, you might, you might say in some cases, um, because it, it is hard work. Uh, and and w whatever the model that you're applying, whatever the strategy, um, you've got to be on top of it. It's got to be set up correctly by someone. It doesn't have to be by you. Um, and and um, it's, it's a little bit like a, um, uh, the old saying with hotels, it's only the third or fourth operator that will actually make a profit because the price of it's come down to the point where it's economically viable on an ongoing basis. Uh, because when you factor in all of the, uh, I suppose, asset management costs over time, uh, th things don't look quite as sexy as they, they, they do in the you know, year one, year two, year three um, projections. And, um, and uh, this is not to say I don't think property is a, you know, a, a great space to be in, but um, like both of us have focused on, I, I think, um, not, not a rocket scientist complex, but, but the slightly more bitsy, the things that uh, people sometimes are scared off by or don't have the stickability to, to make work on a, on a sustainable basis. Um, and, I think and... one thing that people often neglect is that property is a business. A lot of people go into it as a side hustle, but they don't treat it like mm -hmm. a business. And that's one of, been one of the fantastic things about working as a family who've been running businesses in, in other market sectors before is we come at this from a very different angle. It's okay, well, the operations need to be right. The sales and marketing needs to be right. The accounts, my goodness, that's the most important part of the business. If that's not right, then you know something is seriously amiss. And you have to look at it from a business perspective. All of the government changes that have come in are to try and professionalize the sector. So they really want the kind of landlords that maybe own one or two properties, they're trying to regulate them out. They want it to be professionalized. They want it to be a business. And like you said, there are landlords who aren't moving with the times who are going, you know what, I think I'm done with this. I want to step away. They've either taken their foot off the gas and therefore it's fallen apart, or they've gone, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm at an age where I want to retire and I don't want to be part of this anymore. So my advice to anybody starting out or anybody who's kind of making that leap in or, or progressing through is treat it like a business. It's so, so important, you know, that for us, it's operations come first. And that's why we, we've streamlined and systemized everything the way that we have. Very good. And in terms of the, um, the, uh, I suppose that you, you've leapt forward in a, like, uh, so while you've said it's taken a couple of years, um, you, you've jumped forward effectively a century by, by going into the outsourced and technology based uh, support. How, uh, how, how, what were some mistakes that you made, um, you know, in, in going through that phase? That's a very good question. I think one of the biggest mistakes can be being a perfectionist. I like things to be just right. I like things to be the way that we want them to be. We are very clear about our vision and very clear about our service. And sometimes that can make progress a little bit slower than it should be. It's a difficult one to balance between wanting things to be right and needing that service to be correct, but also then needing to push things forward and progress. So there's the expression seven out of 10 is the new perfect. I don't quite buy that. Seven's not quite high enough in my book, but you know, that the message is still there is sometimes, you know, wanting those extremely high standards um, can, you know, oh, make things hard to fulfill. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, in terms of um, how, at what point did you start 
um, moving it out beyond your own portfolio. It's relatively recently overlapped. Yeah, it was. So the agency is is relatively new. Um, it's only about 18 months old. We've chose the perfect time to launch Letting Agency, which was March 2020, which for all of us will go down as a, a date in history, one to, to remember. So that was interesting. But um, no, it's a lot of people have come to us and they like what we do. They like the way that we approach it. We like They like the tenant first approach. It's often people forget tenants are your customers and that it's important that you treat them with the respect and care that they deserve. And in return, they will look after your property. They will continue to pay your rent, which is what landlords want. You know, protection of your property comes first because it's your biggest asset at the end of the day. And then after that, make sure that you're getting rent in every single month. And you're, um, you're in a, I think, quite enviable position uh, in that you, you've identified uh, quite early on that your network is a, is a huge part of uh, being in business and, and being in the property business is no different. Um, do you want to tell us about the, uh, the two property meets and uh, networks that you're, I'm aware that you're uh, a, a leader of? Yeah, of course I can. So the first one point to pick up on there is that it's so, so true. You know, if you don't network and you don't get to know people in your industry, you're operating in a vacuum. You know, you can't progress forward by operating in a vacuum. It's, it's just not possible. And actually, some of the best opportunities that have come through our network, sorry, the opportunities that have come through our network have been some of the best opportunities for us as a business. So again, I would stress to anybody out there who doesn't network regularly, go out, meet the community, get to know those people that are doing what you want to do in your area, because you will learn so, so much. It's extremely valuable. And it's brought us on leaps and bounds and accelerated our property investment. So I would highly stress that it's a fantastic opportunity to meet more people. In terms of the events that we're part of, the first one is Partners in Property Bristol. Um, PIP is an incredible, it's a networking community. It's not a networking meeting. It's a community of like-minded investors. It's a day event, so it's very serious. If people aren't full-time in property, they're taking the time off work to come. We get high-quality speakers who come from out of area, and they're not doing the circuit. And my question for them is always, what are the mistakes that you've made? Which is why it made me smile earlier when you asked what the mistakes that we'd made within the systemization and automation side, because anybody can stand there with glitz and glamour and tell you how amazing it is. But actually the real learning comes from mistakes that have been made and pitfalls that people have fallen into and how mm -hmm. you can avoid them moving forward. So that's what I always ask all of our speakers to share is actually how have things gone wrong? How have you learned from it? And how can the room benefit and learn from that but above that like i said it's a networking community it's bringing quality investors into one space and then watching the magic happen really and um, my favorite part of the day is we do mastermind sessions so we have industry experts and we have our speakers that will host roundtable discussions no hold barred ask all the questions you can and really get under the skin of those who are doing what you want to do within property and one of my uh, bugbears really is when you see a speaker and you think wow they're fantastic I want to get into some detail and have a discussion with them and actually really see what they're about and pick their brains and then they're whisked off at the end of the event and you never see them again and maybe they're on social media or they say contact me and it's very difficult to get hold of them and you know you're, you're nodding you know you know exactly what I mean so that's where the mastermind tables really come in and for me that's worth the, the monthly subscription if nothing else because they're absolutely fantastic. So that's kind of the, the macro is PIP. So we've got five events. I'm a, I'm a London uh, signed ah, up member. Um, and fantastic. I, I've got to say, um, you you guys are punching above your, your weight in terms of the quality of speakers you're 
you're getting. Um, like I, I, I would have thought that we would have hogged all of them, but I see Christine Janaway was um, uh, in your one last week. Uh, she's a, a past podcast interviewee. Mm -hmm. She was absolutely fantastic. And again, it's the same situation. So much knowledge to try and condense that into 45 minutes. We, we had her running over and continuing to go with questions from the crowd. So yeah, she was spectacular. Right. And, and sorry, uh, and the other network that you're, uh, you're one of the leaders of? Yeah, so the other network is called the Bristol Property Meet. And this is very much the micro, whereas PIP is a national networking community. The Bristol Property Meet was founded with a slightly different vision. The idea was to bring people who were fresh, new to property and had lots and lots of energy enthusiasm and pair them with people who maybe have been doing it a long time and potentially have lost the same level of enthusiasm and there's a whole lot of synergy there between those that are active want to learn and eager and those that have got the knowledge but maybe they've been doing it a long time and, and they're a little bit disheartened with it so the bristol mm -hmm. property meet is is a virtual event it's free um, and it's very much a local thing we're trying to bring local investors together hear people's stories within the bristol bristol the city um, and it's just a great space really to to generate those networks and those discussions yeah, that, that's fantastic. Like, and I think we all, um, at different points, uh, we, we need our, our, our networks. Um, I, I just uh, had a little flashback to the, the very last property meet I, I attended uh, prior to lockdown in 2020, the first lockdown. And I, I met, a, uh, met an individual who, uh, he answered a question uh, in the Q&A section it was like a, a like a roundtable Q&A type thing. And I, I, I found out that he had engineered a property deal where he brought 850 properties uh, without having to put any money in and effectively doubled the value. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I, I basically cornered him uh, and spent an hour and a half um, uh, going into the detail of that, and it laid out a roadmap for a lot of the stuff that uh, I'm into now. And I, I wouldn't have even conceived the possibility uh, without attending that that networking meeting. Um, and he he was obviously at a you know uh, a, a further uh, stage in his career at that point than than I was. And uh, I, I think that's a you know I've, I've never heard it put that way that that matching up of enthusiasm and uh, perhaps, um, you know, the tired old landlord would be the you know, one way of looking at it. And, yeah. Um, Absolutely. And it, I, I'm, I'm just an enthusiastic old landlord, I suppose. <laughs> fantastic. That's the way to be. We want to stay, you know, why do this if you don't enjoy it? You know, I love what I do. I'm very, very fortunate to work with some of the best people around uh, and get to know the best people around within the networking communities as well. So, yeah, I'm very passionate about what we do. So I'm glad to see that you are too. Right. And just uh, so, so people could uh, look up, uh, where, where would they, uh, so, so PIP is, it's, is it pip.co.uk forward slash Bristol or, or something so, like that? Yeah, so PIP is uh, partners-property forward yes. slash Bristol. Um, and the Bristol Property Meet, I'm not sure if we have a website, actually we have a Facebook page. So if you search for us on Facebook, you'll find us at Bristol Property Meet. Um, or if you want to contact me directly, I'm happy to, to kind of steer you in the right direction. Very good. And in terms of um, where's the money coming from within Bristol? Like, um, is there a, uh, a queue of outside investors looking to get in or, or, or is it self-contained or a bit of both? 
It's a bit of both, to be honest with you. Uh, there's a lot of people that have moved out of the London market and into the Bristol market. And that's a trend that we saw happening way before COVID. There'd be areas of the city that people would be buying as family homes because that to them was cheap compared to London prices. But actually, um, for Bristol, it was really pushing those areas up. I mean, Bristol's had a, a huge amount of capital growth over the kind of past four to five years. It, it's been been absolutely brilliant. Um, but it does mean, therefore, that prices are getting expensive. And at the moment, everyone wants a piece of property everywhere and there's just not enough stock. So as Bristol investors growing their portfolios, but also a lot of money coming from London and coming over to Bristol. And so what would I um, maybe just uh, rattle off a couple of headline average prices for different categories of properties for, for people who are uh, perhaps wanting a, a flavor for uh, where it's at at the moment? Sure. So it really, really depends where you are in the city. Um, Bristol is many markets within one, and it also depends whether you're inside the Article 4 zone. So if you're looking at some of the big Victorian properties, you, know, you could easily spend £600,000 on a you know, four or five bed property that you would convert into a large HMO. As you start to go slightly further north, you're kind of looking more around the £300,000, £350,000 mark, and depending on how far up you go. Flats and things, they haven't kind of saturated up in the same way. It's, it's houses at the moment that seem to be a, a real, real struggle. But um, yeah, the, the market's exploded. And it's one of those things where I give you a price now, it will change in a couple of weeks time, which is extremely frustrating when you're trying to work out your numbers as an investor. But yeah, that's, it really depends, like I said, where you are in the city and what type of property you're buying. Some of the old Victorian Edwardian stock is, is getting expensive. Right, right. Um, if you get a, I'm going to do a little plug for one of the other podcasts. Um, there's one by Paul Ribbons, who's a, a trader. Uh, it's worth listening to for his description of how to handle that situation. Um, he, he was an agent before he became a trader. So uh, ha have a look through the back episodes and check that out. Um, in terms of um, what what would you what would you see the the next sort of uh, two or three years uh, looking like as far as KPA as an agency as a brand your your core is uh, Bristol but you're you're starting to move into other markets uh, which are within striking distance what, what what's the uh, that the general game plan uh, as of right now and I, I get that it could change uh, you know, uh, uh, over uh, over Christmas dinner from the sounds of things. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You say that it could change. I guarantee that in two, three years time, it will have definitely changed as such is the nature of the beast. But it's still important to have that plan and to look forward about where you're looking to go. So like I mentioned, we've just partnered up with a new business partner who gives us a fantastic access to new finance products, which opens up things like multi-unit blocks. So big properties that are on freeholds that you can then split down into different leaseholds that are a little bit more expensive than your average investor would be able to move forward on. Um, we also want to continue growing the HMO portfolio. I think that's going to, we're going to have to wait and see how the market turns. No one knows when that's going to be, but it's just going up and up and up at the moment. So uh, I'm of the opinion that that will change. And when it does, we will be there ready to, ready to move. Um, but also, I think it's consolidating the agency as well. You know, we've decided when we saw the market going crazy, we were going to step back. So we haven't bought anything in the last year or so. So we've just been working on the agency, building up that cash pot and getting ready to go. So it's setting up the agency so that it can be completely taken care of by the team. And, and then when the market changes, we're in a position ready to move forward. Right, right. And uh, what, what's happening with uh, contractors uh, in the West? What, what's... 
Well, like everywhere, the price of materials is just soaring, which makes getting projects done that little bit more difficult. We're quite fortunate that because we've been doing this a while, we've built up some very good relationships, again, through networking, and we're able to work with contractors who we know are going to be reliable. So for those that are starting out, go out there, meet contractors. If you've just been let down by somebody, then go out and meet some more. So like I said, the price of materials is rising. It does make the cost of getting those works done that bit more expensive. Um, but that's just the case all over the country at the moment. And one thing that um, I'm always interested in, you, you're one of the most uh, enthusiastic, energetic people uh, that, that you come across, um, not, not in an uh, over-the-top American uh, style. <laughs> uh, where, what, what drives all of this uh, and what keeps it going? I think mindset is absolutely critical to everything that you're going to do. It was something that I'd never really discovered, the whole kind of personal development scene. And it's a minefield because there are people out there that all they want to do is sell you a course or sell you a book. Mm -hmm. But actually, a lot of the lessons that they are teaching are very, very good. So some of the old people like Zig Ziglar, for example, tune into him if you haven't listened to him before. You know, he kind of gives you a different view on how to approach a situation, approach a problem. And if you're not enjoying what you're doing, then why are you doing it? You know, I'm a big believer in that. It's there's been many careers that I could have gone down that I looked at and I've mentioned about finance earlier that they just weren't me. They didn't fill me with excitement. They didn't fill me with joy and make me want to get up in the morning. But you do have to work on that mindset. You know, there's going to be a lot of no's in property. There's going to be a lot of challenges in property. And you have to make sure that you are ready and in a position to overcome them. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a conscious thing. I used to, haven't for a little while, actually, be up at five in the morning in the gym every single morning. It's something that I need to kickstart again. The injury kind of put me back from that front. But really, it's something I need to get back to. And a lot of people, when you say five in the morning, they bolt. They think, geez, I don't know if I could manage that. But if you've won the morning, you've won the day. And it makes a huge, huge difference to everything you're doing. Yeah, I'm more a 5.30 sort of uh, man myself. but no. <laughs> <laughs> That's a half an hour snooze button. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and tell me, um, who, uh, who, who have you been following within the property world? Um, what, what are, who are some of the key influences? Um, you've obviously got your, your immediate sort of family, but, but beyond that, um, what, what's um, what, who are some of the more interesting people in terms of you know that they've mentally uh, opened up ideas as to what might be? Wow, what a great question! There, there's quite a few. There's a lot of people that are doing some very very good things within property. I also try to take inspiration from outside of property as well, from a business world perspective. Mm -hmm. So uh, a couple of fantastic books that are worth a read is the E Myth Revisited or the mm -hmm. Four Hour Work Week, both brilliant reads and like you said, they kind of distort your view and your paradigm a little bit and allow you to open your mind to new concepts and ideas. I'm a big fan of podcasts. I listen to your podcast quite a lot. I also like the Rodcast for those that haven't come across it. Huge fan of the Rodcast. He's actually, um, uh, I think, the, the, the guy that got me in, into the concept oh, wow, of doing nice. this. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. Um, and just surrounding yourself with people who are succeeding within property because you know they're doing something right. And listen to their take on it and not just what they're doing but for me it's always why are they doing it because then you can really start to understand their approach and does that fit with you not everyone's will do but those that do you can take the pieces that you like and then formulate your own plan of how you want to move forward so yeah having kind of adam lawrence rod turner um 
Ross Harper, all fantastic people within property and well worth looking at. Sue Maxwell-Smith as well, extremely knowledgeable. I know a business partner of yours. Um, so yeah, there, there's a lot of people out there. Um, within HMOs, I'd say if you haven't come across Luke Spikes from Higgy House, well worth looking into. Um, another Bristol investor and done a very, very good job of disrupting that space as well. So yeah, there's some fantastic people doing amazing things in property. Well, that, that, that's brilliant. So um... Ben, I'm definitely keen for you to come back on and, and, and for us to do some more. Um, now, uh, in terms of um, just one more time, what, what's the agency website? Absolutely. So I would love to, by the way, Will. I've really enjoyed our discussion today and it'd be great to get a deeper dive into some of these topics. Um, if people want to come get in touch with us, the agency is www.kpa.co.uk. So it's KPA Property Management. Uh, we're also KPA Property Family on Facebook. Or feel free to contact me directly. I, I love a good discussion about all things property. Okay, that, that's wonderful. Uh, ben Nichols, KPA, you're most welcome. Uh, I'm Will Miller. This is My Property World Podcast. Ben, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Welcome to My Property World, a light and informative look at all things property. We have designed this series for people involved in property and property finance in the UK market. However, we do take examples from all around the property world. Our aim is for us to make money from property together. Whether that be buying, selling, financing, trading or getting involved in a deal in another way. We do this by informing, entertaining and enjoying ourselves talking property, which gives you a chance to get to know us, what we're up to and to check us out until you're ready to make money together. In the meantime, My Property World is free and fun, so plug in your headphones and enjoy. We would love for you to like, share and comment, so please do on social media. And if you have questions, ideas for topics or deals you would like to explore, we're always looking for guests, so get in touch via the My Property World profile.